All right, everyone. Welcome back. We got episode 45, Devil's Army Cast. The uh, Sammy Votnin episode or the Paul Thompson Once Upon a Time wore number 45 for the Devils. There's only two Devils in Devils history to wear number 45. <laughs> so we are recording this on Sunday morning. So this is before the puck drop of the Devils Penguins game, which is a 7 o'clock drop i think eastern time yeah it's so, six for me here so we will not be discussing that game at all but we will be discussing other games and all that fun stuff just like to give you guys a timeline on when we're recording this james and chris the duo as always but yeah i think that's all the uh, fun introductory stuff tonight or this evening this afternoon oh you guys should hopefully be listening to this to monday on uh, monday april 12th hopefully we shall see, but what this episode going to entail? We got our trade deadline episode type. We're going to talk about the big Devils trade that went down a few nights ago. We're going to talk about Devils game recaps, previews, the NA or what? What would you name the segment? TBD segment. The, I think we just keep naming it TBD. I don't think we actually gave okay. it a name. So yeah, that'll be the segment we're going to talk about. Three things there. Um, and then we'll give you a little Binghamton Devils update. So a lot of new faces down there in Binghamton that we're going to talk about this episode. Excited, excited to talk about that. Some guys keep you guys updated down there. Anyway, the trade deadline current news segment. First off, Nikita Gusev's time as the New Jersey Devil has come to an end. The goose is loose. He is. He is loose. He's say. back on the market. Uh, he is. And I read yesterday per... I get all these guys confused. Maybe it was Drager, one of them. Supposedly, Florida Panthers are the leader for Gusev. I'm sure wherever he's going to go, he's going to put it together and he'll be a solid contributor. Not yeah. like a top six guy, but he'll be a very solid bottom six role mm-hmm. type dude. Um, I mean, he showed it in 20, well, last year. He, he was just one of the devil's better forwards. Yeah. But whatever happened this year, unfortunately, just didn't work out. We're wishing Goose all the best. He was placed on normal waivers. Like the waivers teams could claim him, then they put him on the waivers. I think they call it um, for for termination or whatever the special name for those are. So, Purpose of buyout yeah. or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So he's no longer a New Jersey Devil. Um, Nico, he's here. He's practicing. I, I saw he got the cage. Yeah, I don't think he's playing in tonight's game against the Penguins, but he should be back sooner rather than later. Marion Studenich is getting a – supposedly he's going to be in the lineup tonight against the Pittsburgh Penguins. He has been an interesting player for Binghamton the past couple of years. He's a former fifth-round pick in 2017. He's a winger, um, 22 years of age. His first year with Binghamton was 18-19. He had 28 points in 64 games. Keep in mind, this was he's always played a decently limited role for them. Mm-hmm. Um, 2019-20, 17 points in 37 games. This year, he played 19 games. He had 7 points. And he also played in Slovakia's top league. And he had 15 points in 25 games. He had 50 penalty minutes in 25 games. That's weird. He's not he's not a scrapper, so I don't know what mm. that is about. But um yeah. Stuart Nietzsche, I was I'm a little bit surprised he's a guy that's getting called up to play 
it seems like. But, I mean, he deserves a shot. He's been a nice little player for Binghamton. He's progressed well. They're so probably be trying to, to see. evaluate everything but, they have. That's my guess. Yeah, um, I'm excited to see him play. He's He wasn't, like I said, at the top of my list. But he's, he's out there. He's done good things for Binghamton. So, yeah, that's your devil's news as far as I know. Nothing I've missed. But, all right. We're going to talk about the trades first that have occurred since the last episode. Then we're going to go through the standings to establish who we think are going to be sellers, who we think are going to be buyers, who we think are going to stand packed. And then we are going to go through the TSN trade bait list. So trades that have occurred, give our little discussion. There was a run on defenseman, Brandon Montator, who, by the way, the past three years have been or past four years now has just not been a good, good hockey player. Mm -hmm. He fetched a third round pick from Florida. Um, moved to Florida from Buffalo, got a third rounder. Um, we'll talk about why this is important in a bit. So Montefiore to Florida for a third. Patrick Nemeth to Colorado for a fourth. Nemeth is like a bottom pairing guy. Um, familiarity with Colorado, so he went to Colorado for a fourth. Uh, David Safar, this was the big one. So he went to Tampa for a 21 first and 22nd third. Those went to Columbus. Like and a lot. It was. And then Detroit got 21 fourth. So David Safard as a player is a very solid defensive defenseman. What's crazy is him and Dmitry Kulikov has very comparable numbers. So you you think David Safard gets a first, a third, and a fourth, right? Mm-hmm. Patrick Nemeth gets a fourth, and Montador gets a third. Kulikov is on the same level as David Savard this year. I mean, I don't think Kulikov would fetch a first if the Devils trade him, but should easily fetch a second. I mean, is Savard on an expiring contract? Savard was, yes. He is. Um, Let me just double-check that Um, because I'm almost certain he is. Yeah, that's the only thing with Kulikov that I would say. Like, we know he's on an expiring contract, so. Well, Savard is on an expiring contract, and his contract's three times more than Kulikov. He's at 4.25 mil. Yeah, that's wild. Kulikov's at 1.15 mil. So, I mean, if we're using comparisons, like strict comparisons, then yeah, Kulkov should definitely fetch a first, but that's not going to happen. He should easily fetch a second. That's if the Devils want to move him. I'm still on the boat. Resign him. He's been great this year. Devils need roster players, especially with the expansion draft. That's a whole nother story that we've got to talk about is how the Devils literally don't have enough NHLers to properly – fit the exposure requirements like they're going to probably have to expose miles wood and andres johnson just to fit the exposure requirements but um we'll talk about that a different time but yeah the defensive market's heating up the devils have ryan murray sammy Votnin, and dimitri kolkov who have all been held in trade talks supposedly and also will butcher's name got thrown out there recently which my opinion wouldn't make much sense because the devils need like i said nhlers to expose Mm-hmm. Or not exposed in the um, expansion draft. So, but yeah, the D market's out there, and Devils got three ones that could all be traded, might be traded. So, um, okay, what other moves? So we talked about the Savard one. So Riley Nash to the Leafs for seventh. Riley Nash is currently on LTIR, but he's going to be eligible to come off for the playoffs. They they pull a Kucherov move. Um, Riley Nash is a very solid defensive forward, fourth line guy. He doesn't bring anything offensively, but I mean, very solid on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Oh, this was a good one. So Chicago pulled a cap move and they helped out Florida. Florida traded them Lucas Allmark and or I'm sorry. Florida traded them Brett Connolly, who has two more years in this contract at a cap hit of I think around three mil. Mm-hmm. So they offloaded Brett Connolly's salary. They also gave Chicago further troubles. Hendrick Borkstrom, who's a firmer, former first rounder who hasn't worked out yet, getting a change of scenery. Riley Stillman, who's a defenseman, and a 21 7th. The Stillman is a uh, young prospect. Supposedly, a lot of NHL execs like him. So, And Florida got Lucas Walmart, and, or, yeah, his first name's Lucas, right? I know we're sitting top in cap space. So. Yes, that that is that is just correct. Just because we brought Chicago's cap space. Yes. Um. So they got two Lucases in this trade. Florida they got Walmart and Carlson. Just basically, it was a pure cap deal for Florida to make room. They brought in Brandon Montora. I don't think they're done, but um. Yeah. So as Chris's point goes, Good the Florida. Devils are currently number one in the league in current cap space at nine mil, and they're also going to be number one at the league at like 35 million after the season ends in cap space i think i just looked they're at like 10 mil like double double million digits right now yep yep right now and then after the season they'll be in like the 35 range so with this trade line approaching which I probably should have told you it's tomorrow it's monday april 12th at 3 p.m Eastern time i would look for the devils not only to be sellers in the way of Ryan Murray, um, Dmitry Kulikov, Aaron Dell, like those guys, but also a buyer in a sense of buying some cap from other teams and getting some assets. I think, mm. especially in an environment like that, this that would be very important because I would I would have loved to see the Devils do a deal. Brett Connolly's still a solid bottom six forward. I mean, maybe Orch that helps a former deal, first like, rounder. Kulikov, you know. What's working, I said maybe that helps in a deal with like uh, Kulikov, like we were comparing Kulikov and Savard before. If we're working mm-hmm. with a team that doesn't really have cap space, you know. Oh yeah, Kulikov's cap is, is one point one five mil. That's nothing there, and supposedly they like prorate over the season. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that's a good point there too. So Devils have a lot of cap room to work with. They could use that their disposal. And they better use that disposal. Cap space does nothing for you if you're not using it to your advantage. Like. I know people always rip the uh, lightning, like, oh, they're always in Cap Hill. I'd rather be in Cap Hill hell than what the Devils are in right now. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so Taylor Hall is being held out, and Matias Janmark are being held out of games as precautionary reasons. We saw that with Kyle Palmieri. We saw that with David Savard. We saw that with Taylor Hall when he was the Devil. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it's just that time of year. Okay. So before we go into standings and trade bait, I kind of give my opinion on how I think the Devils should view this trade line. They should be sellers, guys like Dmitry Kulikov, um, Ryan Murray, Sammy Votnin, Aaron Dell supposedly is a market. Like those unrestricted pending free agents, we already saw Kyle Palmer and Travis Ajak got moved. I think they should look to offload those guys. As of the guys I said, I'm cool with them trading them all. I want to retain Sam. I want to retain. No, we do not want to retain Sammy Vaughn. We want to retain Dmitry <laughs> Kulikov. That's who we want to retain. Yeah. Uh, um, a couple years, extend him. He's not going to want much. He's been terrific in his own end this year. So that's my opinion on how the Devils should handle a trade deadline. How do you think they should, Chris? Um, I think that 
we've already kind of seen them take care of the biggest things on, on the, I guess, topic. Um, Palms being gone. I wasn't expecting Zajac. That was a surprise to me, but I was like, you know what? It's Lou, so I'm not surprised now. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest pieces or piece has gone now so maybe there's like some smaller deals um i would assume there's going to be a lot of interest in kulikov but the main thing the devils have to do is just you know i wish we weren't in the situation where we're still stocking up picks and stuff like that but i mean it's it's where we're at so i can't really use cap space at this point until you know free agency and stuff like that so use her as a weapon yeah some uh, chicago-esque moves so you know, if you're dealing with a team that has cap issues and, you know, I don't I don't know if anyone the Devils would be interested in trading has that huge of like a contract that a team can't really take on right now, if you know what I'm well, saying. So, for example, there's a big rumor going around that Ryan Murray to Montreal. Oh, okay. So you sent Montreal to – Yes, he is. So Montreal's struggling with the cap right now. You send Ryan Murray over there, whose cap hit I think is around like four million or whatever it is. Yeah. So Devils would of course retain fifty percent of that, and then also in return you get a pick and maybe a player too who has a higher cap hit. Mm-hmm. A guy like um, Arteri Lekkinen is a guy that I have rumors about. So it would be situations like that, or they could just pull a full on Chicago trade, take on a guy with a decent cap hit, like a Brett Connolly, get a couple of prospects, a couple of picks in return and you send away a player. So something mm-hmm. like that. But um, yeah, I think there's definitely, definitely some, some uh, moves to be made there if they want to use their cap to their advantage. So. Yeah. Um, all right. We'll move to standings now. Sound good. Yeah. Okay, Central Division is looking like – so you got the Hurricanes, Lightning, and Panthers. They're all locked in, right? Uh, I they're, think they're, Carolina they're gonna make took it. Tampa last night for like the top of the division. They did 27-9-4 on the year. So those are your top three teams. You could categorize them, all three, as buyers. We saw the Tampa Bay Lightning always buy, already making moves. We saw the Florida Panthers already making moves. Hurricanes haven't made anything yet. They're holding out Hayden Flurry, uh, young defenseman. Hasn't really been too too hot out there, but supposedly they're looking to move him. Maybe they're trying to move some money around to bring somebody in to buy. But I expect those three of the buyers to be buyers. Then we got the Preds and the Blackhawks. Florida's Dallas is hanging down there too. They're playing better hockey as of late. It's going to be between them three for the next spot. <laughs> I wouldn't categorize any of those as buyers. Um, we saw the Blackhawks make a cap move. The Preds, Matthias Janmark is supposedly being held out. There was rumors about Matthias Ekholm. I would almost categorize them as a seller. Um, I wouldn't really categorize Chicago as anything. The Stars, I think, are going to stand back. And the Jackets and Red Wings, I think you'd definitely consider them sellers. I read John Merrill might be on the move. He was a precautionary holdout. So I mean, I... I doubt we'll be buying, but I would definitely buy John Merrill. I'd be buying on John oh, Merrill. Very good defensive numbers this year, by the way. <laughs> on but, a Detroit um, yeah, team, so, nonetheless, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in this division, I think Chris, Hurricanes, Lightning, Panthers. Yeah. Buyers. I mean, maybe you see Nashville, you know, make a push. Ah, they're they're weird, I feel like. They, like. they'll have these streaks where they're good, 
and they'll have these streaks eight, where they're losing. Ten, like eight two and zero oh in their last ten. Yeah. So they're one of them good streaks now. They're, they're streaky, I think. Um, Do you see Soros has established himself as like a really really good goaltender? By the way, he has like one of the better numbers in the league this year. Which is good because Rene, you know, Rene's sucks. <laughs> he's just not what he once was. Um, no. <laughs> he, he's still serviceable, but he's not where he once was, and. I mean, it'll be interesting to see Chicago. I could see them, and this might annoy fans, not making a move, even though they're clearly within a shot of making the playoffs, you know, because of the fact they sent out that massive thing to their fans, basically like, yeah, we're going to rebuild. And it's like the first year of your rebuild, you're like within two points of a playoff spot. So I don't know. Chicago would be a team that it would make sense if they tried to make a move because it could help them get in. But at the same time, I could see them being like, yeah, no, we said we're committed to rebuilding, so we're not going to buy stuff. Yeah, I totally agree there. I don't think they're going to be buyers. So, but uh, Preds, Chicago. Like I said, I think Chicago's just going to kind of stand back, uh, stand pat. Preds, yeah. I think we're going to see some selling out of them. We heard Matias at home and rumors a lot, and then Stars, Jackets, Red Wings. Stars, I think they're going to stand pat, and then Jackets, Red Wings, definitely sellers. So, I mean, I think it's safe to division. assume Carolina, Tampa, and Florida are going to be active. You know, we already saw Tampa make a move. I'm sure Carolina and Florida, Florida made a deal with Chicago. You know, the, the top three in that division, I'm sure they're all uh, going to be very active. It's those other teams, Nashville, Chicago, and Dallas. Those are the ones where I have question marks where, like, I could see reasons for them making a move because they're all within five points of each other for that final playoff spot. So, yeah, totally agree. By the way, very boring coming down the stretch here. These playoff races, NHL really screwed up with the format and everything. Um, uh, basically, all the divisions are already figured out on who the top four teams are going to be, which kind of sucks, but mm-hmm. whatever. Yep. Um, East Division, Caps, Islanders, Penguins, Bruins, all top four. I I'm going to go and say that's going to lock in because the Flyers are there. They're only four points back of Boston. Mm-hmm. But Philly has two more games played than Boston. Same with the Rangers, who's five points back of Boston. So I think this is pretty much set in stone here, who the top four are going to be. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy the uh, the collapse that Philly kind of had partway through their season. I, I mean, just hate to I'm see not, it. I'm not going to complain as a Devils fan, but it's crazy to, to think where they were and where they are now. They have almost the worst goal differential than the uh, Devils, by the way. They're at minus 24. The Devils are minus 26. Mm-hmm. Um, 143 goals against this year for the Flyers. Just awful goaltending and defense out of that club this year. Uh, Caps, Islanders, Penguins, Bruins. We've seen all their names besides the Caps in uh, buyer's market. Islanders, as we know. Um, Penguins. Actually, I take that back. Penguins I haven't really seen much out of them, but the Bruins we've definitely seen. Uh, supposedly going to be buyers at the end line. So, I mean Pittsburgh. Uh, I don't see them being buyers just based off cap their cap out. situation. Yeah, yeah. they got like two hundred thousand in cap space. So, if they do anything, it's going to have to be like matching contracts, or like someone's going to have to eat like ninety-five percent of the contract or something. I think the max you could eat is fifty. Yeah, so retain. So, so nothing will happen there. Hey, who um, knows? Devils reach out to him, try to take advantage of him. Yeah, who <laughs> take knows? Take some cap room for some picks because I mean, Penguins. Austin so. has a 1.3 million, so they could make some moves if they wanted to. Uh, yeah. They got a little room there. Um, 
but yeah, th- th- those teams. I think Boston's really the only one I could see making a move because the rest, Washington, Pittsburgh, they're all like right up against the cap and stuff. I mean, Washington has zero cap space. Um, Islanders are at zero cap space since they made the move with us. So, yeah, um, Flyers are we're supposedly in the talks or Matthias Ekholm. I, I think they're gonna kind of stand pat here. I think they have mm-hmm. this false notion in their heads that they're gonna compete this year and moving forward. I uh, just I don't know. I don't I don't think that team's as good as people um put them out to be. Uh Rangers, they've been playing really good hockey lately. We'll talk about them a little later. I, I think they're kinda like that. in their yeah, I think they're kinda like in stamp pat mode. Devils sellers use their cap space as a weapon. Saber sellers could also use their cap space as a weapon. Uh, wait, do the Sabres have a lot of cap room? I'm assuming you have it up in front of you. Yeah, they have uh well they don't have a lot. They actually have one mil yeah, so. so not a ton, just, but they have assets. I mean, they have Taylor Hall. Someone will buy him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's how this division goes. You agree? Anything you want to add here? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I wonder if uh, we see, like, a Taylor Hall reunion in Edmonton, if that's possible. <laughs> I, yeah, I, my- I don't know. I'm looking for Edmonton's cash base, but I know, you know. I know that Edmonton fans, I don't think, have been against that. They've kind of wanted it. So mm-hmm. I still think Florida yeah, at zero, for so. Hall. Yeah, uh, he, wherever he goes, I mean, Well, Edmonton's been in the talks for wanting to upgrade somewhere, so they'll move money around to make an yeah. upgrade. They've I mean, definitely they been no in talks. they space right now, so whatever they do, they'll have to move money. So Yeah, and they'll just have whoever. Like, Paul's cap hit is 8 mil, right? So th- mm-hmm. they'll retain 50 of that, so that's 4 mil in the books. Supposedly they prorate it. I don't know how true that is, so they'd have to move some money for sure. But it's, it's quite easy to move money. Um, people are – especially some teams, so – Alrighty, moving on to the West. This division is also, eh, well, I'm not going to decide yet. You see, Yotes could do something weird here and pass the Blues. Blues went on a little streak here. They won three in a row. They moved back up over the Yotes for the last playoff spot. Top three are kind of set in stone. Good to see the Wild playing good hockey. I, I like the Wild. Good for them. Um, Absolutely. So the Avs, Knights, and Wild are all but locked into the top three. Blues and Yotes are battling for that four spot. The Sharks are hanging in there. I don't think they're going to do anything. 6-4 in their last 10, though. You never know. Um, Kings and Ducks are done so. Avs, Golden Knights, they're always looking to add. I, I don't know how much maneuvering they could do. I'm sure they could do something. But we saw Colorado already make a couple moves. They brought in Devin Dubnik. Um, Jan- Janssen or whoever. Who's that goaltender? How do you pronounce his last name? The kid that came over from Buffalo. He just wasn't getting the job done. So they brought in Dubnik. who's also not great. But, I mean, better than Janssen. Uh, yeah, I, I think you – I haven't heard anything about the Wild. So supposedly they're looking to maybe move Matt Dumba because of um, expansion draft stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they're at three hundred thousand, roughly in their cap. Yeah, they're at like three hundred sixty-seven thousand. The Wild are for their cap space. Um, I like Bill Guerin. He's been he's been very good so far. As I mean, obviously, ninety-five won the cup with us, but. Um, very good as general manager over there in Minnesota. A lot of smart moves he's made. Um, Colorado Avalanche, similar cap situation. They got a little bit more, like 400000 Um So I could see those teams making move. Vegas, 
Yeah, we, yeah. we always see them wheeling and dealing. I, I think I've expressed that I think Vegas has to be careful with that now. Um, but I could see them trying to make a move at the deadline for something. So. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, Blues. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to see a lot of action here in this division come trade time. Yeah. To be honest with you. Docs and Kings, if they have assets they want to sell off. Alex Alafalo is a name to watch for the Kings. He's a pending UFA, 27 years old, decent player. Maybe he'll get moved. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think this – Bottom four will be categorized as sellers. Even the Yotes, they got to be careful. Um, yeah. They don't have a lot of assets. They're in cap hell. They they got to yeah. be careful here. I mean, they got a mill, one point three mill in cap space, but the Blues have zero cap space right now. So, yeah, I don't think we're going to see a lot of movement in this one. So, anything you want to add here about the West before we move on to the North Canadian? No, I think we can move on to the North. Alrighty, so. Maple Leafs, Jets, Oilers are all but locked in. Montreal, too. I mean, they got 43 points. The team behind them, the Flames, got 37. But Montreal has three games in hand, so I'd be surprised if something happens there. Flames, Canucks, Sens are all done. Leafs are always in the trade talks. I would expect them to see make a move. Um, the Jets are in trade talks, too. Supposedly, they're on the market for a defenseman. Dmitry Kolkov's name's been thrown around there for the Jets. The Oilers' name's always out there as a team trying to make moves. We already talked uh-huh. about them a bit. And the Montreal Canadiens, Mark Bergeron, always trying to get better. He's not afraid to throw money around. Ryan Murray's been a name attached to them. So I think we're going to see a lot of action in this division. Yeah, I mean, I think Toronto, you're not going to see anything. They've already made most of their moves. I mean, they. I know they're, they're talked about as making a move. I just think that in order for them to pull it off there's going to have to be some cap tension and they're going to have to move some money as well like off their books um toronto i see them this is the year that they're i'm sure their fans are really happy because they're not in the same division as boston for once which i don't know how the playoff seating is going to work out but i'm going to guess that means that a playoff matchup between toronto and boston would likely be a later round matchup it'd be a semis matchup yeah So, so Um, we kind of already discussed Edmonton, Montreal. We we mentioned you know a little bit of interest in Murray and stuff like that. Um, Winnipeg. I'm wondering what Winnipeg's cap situation is. Oh, they're at zero. Wow. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of these teams that I'm like not expecting to uh, be at zero for their cap, and they are. I'm like, dang. We got to keep in mind though, it's pretty easy to move money around, yeah. especially halfway th- through the season. If they need a player and they want a player, they'll yeah. uh, they'll They'll make it work. Yeah, so. it can get done. It's just it, it changes how complex a deal ends up being. And as the Devils, that's a deal you want to be in because mm-hmm. not only will you get assets for your asset, you'll also get assets for taking on money. So it's a yep. win-win. So Exactly. Um, Sens, Knox, Flames, all but Dunzo there. Uh, maybe they have some players to move. I don't know. Canucks yeah. are a mess. <laughs> I mean, I think at this so. point, any – the teams that I can – see making a move toronto winnipeg edmonton montreal those are the four i could see making a move and they're not making a move to make the playoffs they're making a move for when they're in the playoffs like i don't see calgary vancouver or ottawa making it i'm sorry <laughs> yeah i, I think, think it's pretty much locked up so. so 
Alrighty, so that's your standings update and who we think may be buyers and sellers and some rumors for you. Now we're going to go through this TSN top... Oh, wow, they have 45 players listed here. We're not going to go through 45 players, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, they have a decent amount of players here. We'll just talk about some of them. David Savar's number one. He's been traded. Update your list, TSN. Um, Taylor Hall's number two. My guest for Taylor Hall is the Florida Panthers. Um, you said Edmonton Oilers, but he's definitely going to get moved within the next couple of days. Could be tonight, could be tomorrow, whatever it is. I think he's going to end up in Florida. You think Edmonton? Uh, I mean, I've, I've been with it. People have wanted it out there for a while. They've wanted a Taylor Hall reunion. You know, ever since he was dealt, they were never fans of it. So I, I could see him ending up in Florida, but I know Edmonton's always just a, a conversation piece with Hall if, it, if he'll ever end up back there. So. Gotcha. Mike Hoffman is on this list, as he is, I feel like, every year. He's actually not having a bad season over there. I thought it was worse because I read he was, like, scratched a couple times. 21 points and 36 games played, if I'm reading this correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Um, he, he, Hey, maybe reunite in Florida. <laughs> maybe. Who knows? Um, but anyway, yeah, he, he'll be a nice power play weapon for somebody here coming down the stretch if he's moved. Um, Nick Feligno, Feligno, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, is he the captain? I think he is, yeah. So he's on this list. Columbus is not in a good place right now. 5.5 mil cap hit. What is he, like a power forward, third liner type, penalty killer? He, I don't know why, but he's just one of those players where we're like, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I could see this being like the typical Pittsburgh move to trade for someone like this. Boston Bruins <laughs> yeah. power forward type. Yeah. Um, yeah, Nick Foligno, Alex Ilafalo, like I mentioned before, 27 years old. He has 23 points in 37 years or 37 games played. His cap hits only 2.4 mil. Completely um, things are expecting to be moved. He might fetch a pretty nice package. Younger kid, you have um, you, you have a probably your goaltender on the market is Jonathan Bernier. Detroit is a 9-10 save, per, save percentage, which is pretty good. Now, I'm reading these numbers off the trade bait list. I'm assuming they're correct in this year's numbers. So, 9-10 save percentage, pretty damn good for playing on Detroit. Uh, 32 years old, 3 mil cap hit, UFA after this year. I guess he's just a fourth liner, your PK or face-off guy type. Mm. Someone looking for forward death, only one point in that 31 UFA. Mikael Granlund, who signed a one-year deal with the Nashville Predators in the offseason. 17 points, 37 games played. Third-line center. Solid third-line center. 3.75 mil cap hit. Jamie Alexiak is on here. Uh, only 2.4 mil cap hit. Defensive defenseman. Very defensive defenseman. Yeah. Uh, 28 years old, UFA. Um, so he's on here. And then Josh Manson's on here as well. Uh, Matias Ekholm, Scott Lawton. <laughs> they have Chicago's cap space listed <laughs> yeah. at number 13. Uh, Vince uh, Dunn, Toronto yes, Pickett Prospect is on 16. Vince, yeah, Vince, Vince Dunn's Dunn, on here please. again. Yes, he would be, I would uh, take that. <laughs> just picture it right now. Vince Dunn, you acquire Vince, Young, uh, Vince Dunn. You sign him to a contract. That's a player you can expose now if you protect him. Um, you can use your cap space to buy, basically buy Vince Dunn mm-hmm. from St. Louis. So, I'm on board. I mean, I know we wanted him before, you know, this season. So, mm-hmm. David Bridich, Calgary goaltender, is another name on this list that might be moved. He's probably one of the top goalies in the market. 
Matias Yalmark's on Chicago, by the way. I think this whole episode I've been saying he's on Nashville. He's on Chicago. He was on Nashville mm-hmm. a couple years back. Yeah. Dimitri Kolkov <laughs> checks in at number 22. Devin Dubik's on this list. He has already moved. I'm looking through Ryan the Murray's number list. 36. Um, Elvis Linkus is on this list. That's interesting. But... Um, yeah, that's your TSN trade list. Interesting. <laughs> Anyone? Elvis Merzlikens is on this list at 43. Yeah. That's, uh, wasn't expecting that. Jonas Corpusala take over that net this year, I guess? I didn't think Maybe. he was having too good of a year. I mean, I would say, like, him and Kemper are probably the two at the top of the uh, list for goalies at the trade deadline here, and then you put in Riddich. Bernier there, too. Yep. Corpusala kind of stinks this year. I don't know why he's on this list. Merzlikens um, said yeah, I don't know either. That was a surprise when I saw him. Like, really? That's like one of the few good things going on in Columbus right now is the goaltending. Yeah, Mr. Merslinka says a 9-11 save percentage. He's the one keeping them afloat. Only 16 games started. I have a feeling towards this time there it's going to come to an end relatively soon. I know he did a really good job there for them for a while. Yeah. But I think it's just going to be an excuse to, to get out of that mess because, uh, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I think he might be done there soon. So Columbus not too good of a spot. Um, righty. That's your TSN trade bait list. Anything you want to add here about the trade line before we move on? Um, honestly, I'm not expecting there to be a lot of activity. I'm expecting Taylor Hall to be moved, and then I don't really know what else aside from that. I know there's this entire list of players, but there's so much going on between – you know, salary cap going forward, expansion draft going forward. Like, unless these dudes are on expiring deals and I, I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of the big moves probably have already happened. So it could be a slow, quiet day aside from like a Taylor Hall trade. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. We shall see. We'll see tonight. I'm sure we'll see some moves and tomorrow up until 3 o'clock on April 12th. All trade news, especially Devils related, can be found on our page. I wrote an article about – actually, no, we won't talk about that. Because we're talking about that next. Um, but, yeah, keep tuned to our page. We'll have all the important news there, breakdown of any Devils moves, any important moves. Um, but, yeah, keep tuned. Stay tuned. Oh, it's a fun time of year. Hopefully it's still decently – Decently wild, I doubt it, like Chris said, because COVID and everything, but we'll yeah. see. Alrighty, moving on. Devil's trade specific. We got that news broke. When was that? Saturday, was it Thursday? Friday? What, Friday, the, Thursday. the trade for yeah. Palm Maybe it was Thursday. Uh, I think it might have been Thursday. By. Yeah. Okay, so Thursday. Devil's got two AHLers in AJ Greer and Mason Jopes. They also got a 2021 first rounder, which was the crown jewel of this trade. Very important for Tom Fitzgerald. It was reported. Um, first rounder, conditional fourth rounder from the Islanders in 2022. That can be a third rounder if the Islanders reach the Stanley Cup finals. Yeah. It's going to be a fourth rounder. <laughs> so they got a first and a fourth AHL depth for Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac. Keep in mind, folks, Zajac and Palmieri were both pending unrestricted free agents unlikely to return to the Devils. Devils tried their best to resign. Kyle Palmieri supposedly couldn't come to terms on the contract. I guess there's always a possibility they come back in the offseason. I think that's really unlikely. But mm-hmm. Go ahead, Chris. Tell I mean, me what your thoughts were. My thoughts were uh... – and I was actually sitting in my car because I remember you messaged me like, hey, 
you see what happened? I'm like, uh, no. And you were like, you were like, you like, may want to sit down. <laughs> I was like, oh boy. Um, so I wasn't expecting, like I said earlier in the episode, I wasn't expecting Zajac to move. Zajac's one of my favorite devils. I still have my uh, Zajac t-shirt hung up um, in my closet. So when I kind of saw the breakdown of the deal, I was like, okay, I, I wish the devils could have maybe gotten a little more maybe a little better prospect maybe a third instead of a fourth rounder um but i think given the situation it's it's close to being a hockey deal where it's a win for both sides i think the islanders win it more because they're in the playoffs and they're getting two quality players um you know zajac isn't an offensive powerhouse but people very much underestimate his defensive game and his two-way game i mean we literally for the past couple seasons i shouldn't even say the past couple seasons like the past decade basically when we play like pittsburgh he'd be out against crosby every time like that's the caliber of a player again. And, and Lou knows that that's why I'm sure Lou went after Zajac. Um, so I felt like it was kind of close to Augie because the devils weren't really in a position to, you know, we had the asset, but it was like move them or, uh, I, I don't know. I, I just, I looked at what the return was and I was like, I could be a little better, but yeah, I don't know. I, the biggest thing for me was I was sad. Zajac left. <laughs> Yeah, I think you shared that opinion with a lot of fans, and I, I totally hear it. Um, Say Jack was a very, very good devil for a very, very long time, mm. so I, I definitely understand that. So, all right, a little background here on what they're getting AJ Greer. AJ Greer is a 24 year old winger listed. He, he's big dude. <laughs> he played in Bing already, and you see him when he's skating around. He's big dude, 6'3, 205. He was a former highly touted prospect. He was a second rounder back in 2015 by the abs um plays junior hockey in the queue two seasons at boston u and then double a 37 career nhl games under his belt all with colorado only total on six points 47 penalty minutes 209 nhl games he has 129 points not a bad ahl or you Puts up decent point totals, um, 270 penalty minutes. So he, he throws his body around. He likes to scrap that type of player. Um, I don't know if we'll ever see him in the NHL. He has an NHL experience, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. Jobst, Mason Jobst, interesting player. Tore it up at Ohio State, but he's a late bloomer. He's already 27 years old. He was at four years. Ohio State had 164 points, 150 games, so solid output there. Professional hockey debut in 2019 at Bridgeport. 44 games, 13 points. It's only appeared in six games this year, two assists. Kind of like an all-do-it-all guy, AHL depth guy. He didn't play in his first game with Bing, so we'll see how much time he gets in Binghamton. Both guys just AHL depth. That's okay. Crown Jewel this trade was the first-round pick. So the first-round pick, Dom L. of the Athletic, does these trade breakdowns where he assigns basically like wins added and in this, the number one winner of the biggest thing in this deal was the 2021 first-round pick. It resulted in a 3.6 score on that scale. Kyle Palmieri was the 2.4 score on that scale. Hmm. So Devils got that first-rounder. And I heard a lot of fans saying like, oh, it's the Islanders' first-rounder. That's basically a second-round pick. Uh, second round pick. No, I don't want to hear that. I mean the people in on Kyle Palmieri were the Avalanche, Bruins, and Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. Out of those cats – Bruins probably the worst team, and then the Islanders second. So I, I'm not really a fan of that argument. 
<laughs> and the fourth rounder, of course, could be a third rounder if something weird happens. Yeah. Interesting enough, the Devils have the Islanders' first and second round picks this year. Did you know that? <laughs> no, I didn't. So the second rounder is from the Andy Green trade. Um, Devils actually don't have their own second rounder. That was from the Goose trade. That's over in Vegas. Um, but anyway, um, two first rounders this year, one second rounder, two thirds, a fourth, one fifth, a sixth, and one seventh for the Devils as it stands right now, draft pick was. Overall, trade's fine. I think both teams got what they wanted. The main deal, the main thing in this deal was the goal mm-hmm. scorer, Kyle Palmieri, going over to the Islanders. Ajax having himself a good year, but on that team, he's going to be like a fourth line center, third line center. Doing his thing, playing defense, PKing. But yeah, I really think both teams got what they wanted. This move for the Devils fine. Islanders is fine. So I think, I think it's at a the great end of the move day, for it's... Palms and Zajac personally themselves as well. You know, they're going to a team that's going to compete. Uh, I could see the Islanders going far in the playoffs, and they're also not having to basically uproot their families because. You know, that's just how the Metro, you know, this new East, it's how it's always been. It's why a lot of players like to come play in the Metro division and stuff is because of the travel for like away games. It's all like super close. So I'm sure they're they're looking forward to not having to uproot their families. You know, it's not it's not as convenient to have to go play in, you know, Long Island, but you don't have to move your family out of where they are and you can still go home and see them and stuff. So. So, some uh, breaking news for you. Sammy Votnin was just placed on waivers. Oh, boy. Taxi um, squad? Probably. Or it's just to get him um, not taxi squad eligible, I'm assuming, for the trade deadline. He's not going to get claimed. Yeah, that's what I was assuming. That's exactly the move um, it, it is for. But, yeah, he's on waivers. He'll clear. And then him clearing gives teams more incentive because he's taxi squad eligible. So, but, yeah, a little move there. Just wanted to update you. Um, just want to update the page real quick. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> uh, all right, Chris, how did you? So, anything else you want to add about the trade deadline here before we move on? Devils related, Devils trade with the Islanders. Anything before we move on? I mean, I think Kulikov is probably the biggest piece that's going to be watched at the trade deadline for us. Um, I know we just said Votnin's getting moved to the uh, taxi squad. Maybe something happens there. I don't know. Um, but overall, in general, I expect the trade deadline to be slow. I don't expect the Devils to be making any moves with anyone. Um, I, I don't think it's impossible, but I'm just not expecting it. So I think yeah. we've, we've done the big piece that everyone's talking about, which is Palms. So... Sorry, just sent away this tweet for the page. Got to keep our followers updated. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. All right. Yeah, so we'll move on now. We're going to talk about the game recaps. Uh, okay. 4-2, 4-4, 4-6, were the games this past week. The 4-2 and 4-4 games were a home versus Washington. 4-6 game was home versus Buffalo. 4-8 game was in Buffalo, and the 4-9 game was home versus Pitt. Not talking about the game today because, you know, we're recording this now. All right, 4-2. How much games did you get to watch this week? I only missed one because I was at the Mets game watching them lose. I had to basically keep up on my phone. I wasn't able okay. to really watch any of them. I, I got the alerts and stuff like that. Um, I see that we won a game against Buffalo. Um, other than that, not so great news. Yeah, that they did. They did win an A game against Buffalo. Um, 
So four two two one overtime loss against Washington. Carlson and McLeod uh, period one goals. Orlov scored the overtime game winner with seconds left. Before this, the Devils had like terrific chance went the other way. Orlov scored with just seconds left. Not a fun loss, but. In the end, Devils didn't deserve to win this game or probably get a point. They were outshot 40 to 23. Blackwood was silly good. Washington deserved this one. 4 4 against Washington again. Zajac and TJ Oshi appeared one. The Zajac goal was a one timer off of a Nick Merkley pass. That was the theme for this that. game. I did yeah, see that. Two, that was of those, <laughs> two of those same exact goals happened. <laughs> Merkley, the Zajac one timers. So after period one is 1 1. Cheery and Ovi. In period two to make it four two or three one. Yeah. Then New York made it three two after two. Haglin and Kuznetsov made it five two. Brat Zajak answered to make it a five four answer or final. Shots and goal were 39-19 New Jersey. Mac did struggle in this game. Zajak Markley connection was solid. Four six first game against Buffalo. This one I didn't get to watch. I had to watch replay afterwards. I went to the that was the second Mets game I went. I went to two of the three Mets games in Phillies in Philly. Um, Severson scored the first one. Oh, so that five four loss was Damon Severson was having some issues in this one. Um, fan base is just so weird, man. Mm-hmm. But there was a play. Severson made a ill-advised pinch. That's what it was. His his pinch wasn't too smart, and they ended up scoring. It was on a power play, so it was a shorthanded goal. And there was also a play where he put his stick down the ice, but the puck like went under a stick. It was just rough luck. And then I think this was the same game where he got absolutely robbed by Samsonov mm-hmm. and went in, his, went in the tunnel and absolutely obliterated his stick. They caught it on camera, too. It, the cameraman like did a really good job catching it. It, it was just perfect textbook how the devil season has been going <laughs> so stop with the Severs since slander i just don't understand yeah. like especially the people the fans on our facebook man they just hate damon Severs. It's, it's bizarre and i feel horrible because whenever he like whenever something bad happens it's just so glaring with him but he is so good outside of those moments yeah it's just a weird just man. one of those people don't anyway. forget People don't forget. They only don't forget the glaring things. They they don't like to remember all the all their good things to do. Yeah. Anyway, um, where was I? Oh yeah. All right. This is the five three Buffalo game. We were talking about the Caps game. Anyway, so Severson had the first goal in this game, and Buffalo had two. So it was two one Buffalo. Uh, Brett answered back in the power play, so it was tied after one three three. Or 2-2, two, two, I'm sorry. Zaka and Darlene had period two goals, 3-3 three, three after two. Period three was a middle step power play goal and a wrist lining goal, 5-3 final. Devils supposedly were the better team this game. They outshot the Buffalo Sabres 30-18. Wedgwood supposedly sucked in this one. Um, but, yeah, that was that game. Like I said, just watch the replay. There was a lot of defensive breakdowns I saw in the replay. Like, usually after some goals, you're like, oh, that's just a good goal against. Nothing you could do there. Literally, after every single goal Buffalo scored, someone was at fault. So... <laughs> Yeah. But um all right, so that's that. Moving on to the next game against Buffalo. It was a dub. Olsen Here scored, we go. got it started. And then Zaka Zaka. <laughs> power play goals back to back. Same scoring line too. I think it was Zaka from Smith and Bratt. Same exact identical scoring lines. Hughes also scored in the first period to make it three one. 
Um, Tage Thompson and Jeff Skinner are actually tied at three in period two, but period three, the Devils exploded. Jesper Boquist, Igor Shangovich, and Yanni Kokinen all scored. Was this the game that Thompson got his first point, or was it the other Buffalo game? No, that was the other Buffalo game. Okay. Um, his first assist off the Severson goal was a mm-hmm. rebound. So, um, yeah. 38-27, Devils led shots and goal. It was a really good win. Very good game for the Devils. Young kids had their way. Quoken and Hughes and Igor all had three points. Ty Smith had two points. So, All right, your most recent game, 4-9, 6-4-L against the Penguins. Miles Wood scored, got the scoring going early. Then it was two straight Pittsburgh goals to make it 2-1 after one. Jack Hughes scored in period two as well as another Pittsburgh goal and three Pittsburgh goals in the third and then that was including an empty netter so it was really two Boquist and Wood made the score look a little bit better Mm -hmm. it was actually a 5-4 game there before an empty netter by Pittsburgh but shots and goal with 30-27 New Jersey Ooh, who was in there for this one? Mackenzie Blackwood's net in this one. Um, Aaron Dell was in net for the Buffalo win. Blackwood's not having a great season overall. Uh, he, he, like it's weird season so far. Yeah, it, it was, it's down. a little weird. So up and down, perfect way to describe it. So that's a recent games. Anything you want to discuss there, Chris? Um, I mean, I wish we got more than just one win. <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if there really is anything else. I mean, it's good to see the young guys putting up points. That's, you know, one positive. But, again, it, I, I've said it before. I wish we weren't in this situation anymore where that's the positive that we look forward to at this point of every season is, oh, the young guys are performing, you know. So. Yeah. All right. So before we move on the game previews, there there's just like a ton of players on waivers, I'm assuming, because of the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the big names here are defensive. Victor Meat is a 22-year-old dude. He's an RFA this summer, only making 735K. Very good young defenseman. Don't know why they placed him on waivers. I don't know why Montreal's not playing him. I would – Devils, like, this dude needs to be claimed, like, yesterday. Like, <laughs> big Victor Meat guy. Would love to see him get claimed. Whatever reason, I bet you no one claims him just because the way some unwritten rule where no one's claiming anybody for whatever reason. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so he's on waivers. Sammy Vodden's on waivers. And Danny DeKaj is on waivers. I really want the Devils to claim Victor Meat. Don't think it's going to happen. So, yeah. All right. Moving on now. So, this game preview segment, it's four games against the Rangers. I mean, Home we played. Third- three teams over the next three weeks. Is that how what it works out to be? It's we literally silly. are playing Pittsburgh, the Rangers, and Philly. Those are the only three <laughs> teams we are playing for the next three weeks. So it's Rangers week this week. The 13th and 18th are at home, and the 15th and 17th are at we, the Garden. We have Pittsburgh today, but, yeah, next four is going to be Rangers. Yeah. All right, so Rangers playing good hockey late, fifth in the East, 19-16-5, and 6-3-1 and one in their last 10. The underlying numbers for this team are actually pretty damn good. Panarin's absurd, man. I don't know why the no one's man. talking about this. He has 42 points in 29 games played this year. <laughs> Leads the team. Uh, Sturkin's real solid, 9-21 save percentage. Eighth in goals for per games played, 11th in goals against per games played, 17th on the PP and 14th on the P- or fourth on the PK. Mm-hmm. Rangers should probably be a lot higher than they are in the standing. So, unfortunately, <clears throat> anything you want to add here? Um, I mean, it's. 
I don't know. If you're a Rangers fan, you're happy that their young players are starting to pay off. Ours are kind of doing that too, but not, you know, to the level of success it appears the Rangers are having. Um, I mean, I'm going to enjoy it. It's Devils Rangers. It's always going to be, you know, interesting and fun to watch. Um, hopefully the Devils can pull off some upsets because I'm sure we're going to be the underdog in all these games. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's your week. Um, all right, moving on to the TBD segment. We're going to talk about three things this week. We're going to talk about which of the, like, younger players that have been in and out of the Devils lineup are actually going to be, like, NHL contributors. Uh, we're going to talk about Igor Shangovich specifically, and then we're going to talk about the Devils goalie prospect pool. So we're going to start. When I say are these guys going to be NHLers, I'm not talking about so much like – Far down the line, I'm more talking about like right now. I don't know. This is kind of a weird segment, but um, we'll just kind of go and talk as we go. <laughs> you know, mm. we'll figure it out as we go. So my yeses are Yanni Kwokin and Igor Sharangovich. I think they're both going to be pretty – they should be decent bottom six forwards. I think that's their ceiling, both those guys. Bottom six contributors. So that's my opinion. Those are your guys that you think are, are clear-cut going to be NHLers going forward? Yeah, and I wouldn't even say Yanni Kokin in clear-cut yet. I know you've had a good year, but you got to think of this. You place these two team, uh, these two players on any other player on any other teams, do you think they crack the lineup? I think on some lineups, Yanni Kokin wouldn't. I think on most, Yeager would. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Yanni does on most. But I'm going to say yes for both of them. Right now, I'm leaning towards no for Mikel Matsev, Nick Merkley, and Jesper Boquist. I'm all leaning no. I think it's too early to tell for Tyce Thompson, though. Yeah. Um, Boquist, for whatever reason, he's playing decent hockey now. I just – I don't know. I really don't know with him. Nick Merkley's always decent hockey. I don't know if he's ever going to be an everyday NHLer, though. And Mikel Matsev, too. Shown some flashes. He's been struggling as of late, so. Yeah. I mean, I basically I agree with you. Um, Maltsev's had some nice spots recently, um, but I think it, for me going into the season, I was always assuming Merkley would be in the lineup. So it's been a surprise that he hasn't been. And now it's like, okay, well, is he like ready or not? Like, what you know? I'm I'm confused about Merkley. Um, but yeah, I agree. Out of all the youngsters, the ones who have shown the most this season would be Sharon Govich and um, Kokonen. So, yeah, and not to, I don't want to like say like, oh, there's no no room for these guys in the NHL. No. The guys I said, no, now. absolutely not. It's just my opinion. You place these guys on other NHL teams who are like competitive teams, just and those guys rosters. would not be NHLers on those teams. You know what I'm saying? Mm, just deeper so. rosters, yeah. Yeah. All right, now we're going to talk about Igor Sharon Govich specifically. I think the hype on the Igor Shangovich trains get a little out of hand here, folks. He does have an electric shot, 17 points as a rookie, nine goals in 37 games played. That's about a 17-goal pace over a full season. He is playing around 16 minutes a night. His shot is electric. He is a train wreck defensively. Mm-hmm. I don't know why the Devils keep giving him PK numbers. His 5v5 underlying defensive numbers are actually one of the worst in the NHL. It looks like whenever he's on the ice, they're getting hemmed in. He's found some magic with the uh, Jack Hughes, and that's it. That's the line, right? The Quokin and Hughes, Sharon Govich line. Is mm, that what it is? Maybe. I'm unfortunately, I've been a little out of touch with the lines recently. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. 
I think he should be a solid NHLer, bottom six guy. That's his ceiling. He's a bottom six guy. I he he's not going to be. I don't think anything more than that. He has a great shot. I think his defense severely limits him. Yes, it is the Quokin and Hughes Sharangovich line that's been very solid for the Devils recently. Thanks in large part to Jack Hughes just doing unreal things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, bottom line is Yugo Sharangovich very solid shot. Decent goal scorer, solid goal scorer. Defensive game needs a lot of work. His ceiling, though, I think is a bottom six goal scorer. I don't think we should regard him as anything higher. What's your take on Yuri Sharangovich? I think that uh, he – I like his speed. I like I like that's a big part of his game. Very good like. skater too. Yes. Um, I do agree with the defensive woes that need to be worked on. Um, I'd say he's, he's not um, – I think he is a little slightly overhyped. Um, I could see him sneaking in some like ninth place Calder votes or something like that. Um, I think that it, he's he's definitely a player that could easily transition to a top six when other areas of his game are like ironed out and refined, especially like defensively. Um, so I, I think the potential is definitely there, um, but I think. He, he's good. It's like like we said, the defensive side is what needs the most work. Yeah, it does. Um, but yeah, it's some eager Sharangovich talk for you. I don't know. I like in the segment to talk about players I see because I do a lot of updating and I do a lot of posting on the page. So I like to read fans' responses and stuff, and I like to discuss in the segment guys that are like very hotly debated on our pages like Andres Janssen we talked about we talked about Igor Sharangovich we've talked about Damon Severson we've talked about PK Subban all guys that have been discussed on our socials before in either a good or a bad light Igor is in a very good light and I think he sh- not he shouldn't be talked about in a good light he's been a solid rookie this year just I think we'd need to curb back our expectations for Igor just a bit so Devil's goalie prospect pool Interesting because you think the Devils, you have Mackenzie Blackwood, you have a starter, and then you just don't have anything else. Scott Wedgwood, Scott Wedgwood, <laughs> that's what he is. Um, Aaron Dell is supposedly likely to be traded before the deadline. So, but yeah, we're going to talk about this prospect pool real quick. Mm-hmm. Starting 2017 fifth round at Gilly Sen, 25 years old. 898 save percentage in the AHL this year. That number's slowly rising. I'm not a big Gilly Sen guy. Whenever I watch him, I'm always a bit underwhelmed. I talked to our friend Alex Chauvancy yesterday. Seems like he's actually a Gilly Sen fan. I know there's some Gilly's fan, Gilly Sen's fans out there on the Twitter sphere. Um, Jeff Ulmer, who does Binghamton Devils work, he's a big Gilly Sen guy. I don't know. I just don't quite see it. I don't think he's ever going to be anything special. Maybe a backup at some point. I don't know. 2018 pick, Akira Schmid is in the USHL. He had a very good year this year. Very pleasantly surprised by Akira Schmid. I don't know if you remember, Chris, but we've had a discussion a few times about him on this pod. Um, He's a 2018 fifth rounder. He had a terrific 2018-2019 season. Struggled in 2019-20. And then now this or bumped that up a year. He was good in 2019-20. Very good. 2021, he was not good. And then this year, he's doing really well. 916 save percentage with Seahawks City of the USHL. 
I would look for him to be in Binghamton next year, and I'm excited to watch him play. I'm interested to see what the Devils have in him. So, might be a, might be a nice little player there. We shall see. Mm. 2019 fifth rounder Cole Brady had a very solid season with Arizona State of the NCAA 910 save percentage. Yes, sir. College hockey. Congratulations to the UMass Minutemen. Beat St. Cloud State in the Natty last night. Nice, Good nice. Good for the Minutemen. Applied there. Got in there, by the way. So they get the uh, – Nice campus. Yeah, they get the bragging rights up in uh, Beantown for now out of all the schools. Up in that northeast region. Yeah, what is it like UMass, BU, BC, Harvard, all of them. Yeah, Merrimack, I'm sure, there. sneaks into the conversation sometimes. I think Merrimack's yeah. like right outside Boston in Amherst or something. So, yeah, it's a nice place up there. Nice little campus UMass has. Weird-looking library, but yeah. nice place. Um, yeah, Cole Brady, very solid season. Uh, um, I don't know if you'll see him in Binghamton next year. I don't I don't know what year he is with Arizona State. I would assume he goes back there for a couple more years, or a year at least. Nico Dahls is their 2023rd rounder. He's playing the German top league, DEL. He had 905 save percentage in only seven games. I would expect him to go back there and play more time than Dell. I would expect next year to see a Akira Schmid, Gilly Sen, Binghamton Devils goalie combination. So I'd expect Dahls back in the DEL this year. So. All right. Any input you want to add about these guys here, Chris? No, I mean, uh, I've, I've definitely been interested in seeing how Cole Brady plays out in Arizona State because I know they kind of have a an interesting setup for their schedule um, just because of where they are located and stuff like that for college hockey and stuff. So, yeah, I think he's the goaltender that I'm probably most paying attention to to see how he does because we've seen him do pretty well out there in Arizona State, so – yeah. So if I were to rank these folks on how I think like their progression and all that stuff. Um, all right. So number one, I'm going to put Schmidt number one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put <sighs> this is hard. I got Schmidt number one. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. um, I'll put Cole Brady two. Send three dolls four, but like kind of like all together. I don't think there's much room between any of those guys. I, I don't know, but I, Schmidt's definitely my number one guy. Um, if I were to rank them, but yeah, that's our talk on Devils goalie prospect yeah. an update on how all these folks are doing. I mean, anything I'll, you want to add? I'll never, uh, or I should say, I I like the I Devils' like- approach of always taking a goalie every year. Um, yeah, that it, is know, what they do. It's in my opinion, it's smart. There's so many good goalies that are diamonds in the rough. Like they're like Jesper Bratz that you draft like late, you know. So it's never it's never a bad thing to be drafting goalies, and you know you have one that pans out. You know, I don't know. I I, I like the strategy of drafting at least one goalie every year for the for your system and development and stuff. Yeah. So that's your goalie talk. Um, all right, we're going to talk about some Binghamton Devils news. I'll, I'll blab on about them for a bit. So 4-2 loss against Hershey this week, a 2-1 shootout win against Lehigh Valley, and a 3-2 L against Hershey. They also played yesterday and lost in overtime. So some new names to this squad. Num- uh, going to be number 55, Mount Halkson, their name drafty. I believe we talked about him in a prior episode. Hasn't played yet. They signed Merrick Mittens. He's going to wear number one, a Latvian goaltender to a ATO amateur tryout 
he played his NCAA hockey with Lake Superior of the NCAA. Very, very, very good numbers. 9.30 save percentage senior year, junior year 9.11, and 9.19 as sophomore year. I am a fan of this ATO signing. I don't know how they're going to get a look at him. I hope they do because I think this player, this might be like an actual decent pickup here. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that's uh, American Mittens. I'm interesting to see how that goes. AJ Greer wearing number 17. Mason Jokes number 23. Greer did have an assist in his first game with Binghamton. So he's already on the score sheet. And Jeremy Burdor, number 35, actually made his first career AHL start. And he made 45 saves or something crazy like that. But um, yeah, good for him. There's something else I want to say about that. Oh, Nolan Foot had another goal yesterday. Absolute wicked wrist shot, five hole. Yeah, a little bit below point per game production there, but I should we should see him in the NHL sooner rather than later. I'm excited to see him play. So, but yeah, that's your Binghamton update. Not good news down there though. <laughs> They're still struggling. Hopefully, these reinforcements of Helixson, Mittens, Greer, Jopes, all these guys helps them out. I think it will, but we will see. So. Alrighty, I think that's all we have. This, is, this I think was a long one. Meaty. This was a meaty one. Trade deadline. Meaty episode. Talk. Um, so Twitter's kind of going nuts over this Victor Meat thing. Yeah. By the way, a lot of people want Victor Meat. Are we trying to will them. this into existence like we will Gusev? Yeah, but Victor Meat's actually established in a pretty darn good ball pl- or hockey player. So well, we shall uh, see. A lot of people are thinking he's getting claimed by some team. I don't know if it'll be the devil or not. I hope it is. But I really, for whatever reason, how no one gets claimed. I put on our page, um, Sam Votnin was placed on waivers. Mm-hmm. And I said, he'll clear more of an incentive in possible trades before the deadline. Tons of players are waivers today. Most likely to do the deadline tomorrow. A lot of people were like, why will he definitely clear? This is because, for whatever reason, no one claims anybody on waivers for whatever reason. Sammy Votnin does have a decent cap hit. Um, I just think this is more of an incentive for teams to be able to put him on their taxi squad without having to worry about getting claimed. So, for example, if a team like Tampa, who was rumored on Votnin, probably not so much now because of their trade for Zavard. But maybe they're like Devils, like, hey, I'll give you a fourth rounder for this guy or – Probably too much, but I'll give you a fifth rounder for this guy. I'm just worried about if I have to put him on my taxi squad, I give you a fifth rounder and he gets claimed. So if he's placed on a taxi squad, they wouldn't have this worry. But we shall see. Definitely want to see Victor Meek get claimed. I don't know if he will, but we shall see. So Yeah. All I right. mean, we know Devil Twitter is talks. always listening. You know, they don't always Devil say Twitter, something, but they always are listening. Our Twitter followers for the most part are very solid and very knowledgeable people. So, mm-hmm. um, they know their stuff and we have really good conversations on there with them. So keep, keep at it. Devil's Twitter followers. So anyway, alrighty. I think that's it for this one. <laughs> Anything you want to say here? Cause before we finally end her out, <laughs> let's call devil's baby. baby. Yes, sir. Stay tuned to our socials for the trade deadline. We'll have constant updates for you there. Everyone stay safe out there, and we'll talk to you next week.